Philippi. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, beginning at verse 10. Uh, let's hear what he has to say to the church today. He says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. And not that I speak in respect of want. Listen what he says, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I want to talk to you all for a little while, or as the Spirit leads from this subject matter here today, can you keep a secret? Can you keep a secret? And for subtopic, for subtopic, I want to use for a subtopic here today. I've got a secret. I've got a secret. But I want to know, can you keep a secret? Let me start off, first of all, by saying that uh, someone has once said that the man who can keep a secret may be wise, but he is not as wise as the man with no secrets to keep. And then somebody else says that there are no secrets that time does not reveal. And then somebody else came along and said that three may keep a secret if two of them are dead. Some of y'all will catch that later on. Three can keep a secret if two of them <laughs> are dead. And uh, somebody says, I, Pastor, I can totally keep secrets. It's the people I tell them to that can't. How I many of you all know sometimes people have trouble keeping secrets? Well, Paul, 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 Paul had a secret. And uh, he wanted the church at Philippi to know his secret. He wanted them to know because his secret would ultimately help them in life. It was his secret, but not one he wanted to keep to himself. It was a secret that he wanted every believer to at least know. You know, that is one thing about a secret. You know, that's a, one thing about a secret it's supposed to be a secret, but sometimes a secret is hard to keep. Come on, come on, let's be honest. Sometimes a secret is hard to keep. 
You just want to tell somebody. It's almost like you feel that song rising up and you said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but just couldn't keep it to myself. Secrets are hard to keep. And most people believe that they got someone that they believe will keep their secrets. But secrets can be difficult to keep because secrets are often in the in the area of the following. First of all, I think you would agree with me that oftentimes secrets are exciting. Uh, there, there, there can be an element of excitement about a secret. Then not only are secrets exciting, but sometimes they're unbelievable. You, it make you stop and say it just cannot be true or 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 can it be true? Uh, secrets can be quite interesting. Uh, it, 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 it has details that that makes it interesting. And, and, and then another thing I discovered about secrets is that oftentimes secrets have a element of mystery. In other words, how, what, why, when. And so when I look at the secret that Apostle Paul had, Paul's secret had all these compartments to it. Uh, something exciting, something unbelievable, something interesting. And of course, there was the element of mystery in it. You see, secrets have a way of getting out. And sometimes if you want something to get out, you know, just tell somebody. The uh, fact of the matter is, as you read the Bible and you kind of study the word of God, uh, Jesus, you know, I think, I think oftentimes he used that aspect of psychology on some people, even in his ministry. Somebody say, watch yourself, pastor. You better leave Jesus alone. Well, let me put some Bible on it. When you look in the seventh chapter of the book of St. Mark, right around uh, uh, the 31st verse, you, you will see how Jesus, he arrives uh, at a certain place. And when he gets there, they brought him a man that was deaf and could barely talk. And uh, they begged him to lay hands on him and to and to heal this man. And Jesus took the man aside from the multitude and put his finger into the man's ear and he spit and, and he touched his tongue. And Jesus looked up to heaven and groaned. And then he said, Ephatha, in other words, that means be open. And the Bible says that the man's ears opened and the man began to talk. And then the text says, then Jesus says, now do not tell anyone. <laughs> but then, of course, when you read that 36 verse, the 36 verse, it clearly says that the more Jesus charged the man, commanded the man not to tell nobody, the more they kept talking about it. Then go to the eighth chapter of the book of St. Matthews, if you don't believe me. You'll find that he heals a man of leprosy. And, and after he heals this man of leprosy, what do he tell him? He tell him not to tell no one. Do you really believe that man didn't tell nobody? Well, I want to know here today, can you keep a secret? 
Well, I feel like preaching the Bible because in the ninth chapter of the book of St. Matthew, two blind men follow Jesus crying and saying, thy son of David, have mercy on us. And the text says that when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, believe ye that I am able to do this. And the text says that they said unto him, yea, Lord, yea, Lord, we believe. And then it says, then touch ye their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And the Bible says that their eyes came open. And then guess what happened? Jesus charged them. Jesus command them saying, see that no man know this. But of course, like the other miracles, text says, but they, when they were departed, spread abroad his name in all the country. And so Paul has this secret, but he wants it to be known to the believers at Philippi. And here's a summation of his secret. I'm going to give it to you. It was Paul's secret of how to endure hard times and not be hardened by those times. Paul's secret was how you remain hopeful even when the place you are in is hurtful. Paul's secret was how do you stay spiritually free when you are bound? Paul's secret was how not to be hindered when you are being held down. Paul had a secret. And so, my brothers and my sisters, since Paul has already expressed it, uh, I, I, I'm not telling his secret. I'm only retelling what he told us because I can hold a secret. But Paul said, I need this secret to get out today. Paul said, this is something that I want to bless the people with. Well, what, what, what was the secret? Well, let's just glance back at the text because secret number one is simply this. Paul says, you got to rejoice through your situations. Ah, come on here. Paul says you got to rejoice through. You got to rejoice over your situation. Look what he said in verse 10. <clears throat> Paul said, but I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished again. He says, wherein ye were all so careful, but ye lacked opportunity. That means that at one time or another, they had stopped blessing Paul. They had stopped supporting Paul. But then Paul in this 10th verse says, now I'm going to rejoice because now once again, you are taking care of me. But then when you look at verse number 12, he said, now don't get it twisted though. He said, because I know both how to be abased. And I know how to abound. He says, everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And so you have to understand that when Paul writes this letter, he has every reason not to have any joy or to rejoice. Let me give you a little bit of background because he writes, he actually writes 
four letters at the same time. Paul writes four letters at the same time. Let me help you. He writes a letter to the church at Ephesus. And as a result, we have the book of Ephesians. He writes a letter to a church that, that, that met in the city of Colossia. And that therefore, we have the book of Colossians. He writes a personal letter to a man named Philemon who lived in Colossia regarding and accepting and restoring a runaway slave that met Paul. He did not want to restore him to be a slave, but he wanted to restore him as a, a fellow brother. And then he writes a letter of thanks to the church at Philippi for supporting his ministry. But here's what I want you to understand is that it is not so much him writing four letters, but he writes them under difficult situations. What was Paul's situation? Paul's situation was he's a prisoner. He is in jail. He is incarcerated. He's under house arrest. He's chained to a guard every day. He's watched day by day, 24 hours a day. And yet he says, I have a secret. He says, you have to learn how to rejoice in the midst of whatever you're going on, what you're going through. I wonder, is there anybody that got to praise right in the midst of what you're going through? You have a testimony that God's been good to me, that God has brought me from a mighty long way through many dangers, toils and snares. I've already, I've already come. And so Paul says, uh, I write to you because I have a secret that you need to learn. Did you not know that you have control over whether the circumstances rob you of your joy or raise joy inside of you? We used to sing a song, after all I've been through, I still have joy. And I'm just wondering, is there anybody that can wave at me? Now, don't play with me today. If you can wave at me and say that after all I've been through, my testimony is I still have joy. There was times I thought I wasn't going to make it, yeah, but I still have my joy. There's time my body been racking in pain, but I still, I still have my joy because I refuse to allow my circumstances to rob me of my joy. You have to understand that he was not rejoicing in it or for it, talking about the circumstances. But what Paul had learned to do was to find some joy through it. Because how many of y'all know that we only going through it? Uh, this too shall pass. Hallelujah. I come to tell somebody what you're going through right now. Trouble don't last always. And God will give you joy in order to go through it. Paul had to learn how to live with his circumstances and not let them live in him. Don't let your circumstances live inside of you. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, we got to go through some stuff. I say all the time, we're in the midst of a pandemic, but don't let the pandemic get inside of you.
Hey, because in the midst of it all, I can rejoice in the God of my salvation. Listen how he lives. Listen how he lived. Paul said, I've learned how to live abased. That is a term applied to a drought season related to a river. In other words, it means that the river is running low. <laughs> and I wonder, is there anybody here that have experienced your river running low? May not have what you used to have. But Paul said, I learned how to live. I learned how to shout. I learned how to praise God in the midst of my low season. And then he says, I learned how to live to abound. And that's a term when, that's when the rain has fallen yeah, and the rivers are overflowing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Sometimes there's a season of drought, but then there's a season of blessing. Paul said, I know how to live in both seasons. <laughs> I know how to live on the mountaintop. I know how to live down in the valley low. I know how to live when I'm sick. I know how to live when I'm well. I know how to live when things are going the way I want it to go. And I know how to live when things are going haywire. Paul says, I learned how to rejoice over my situations. Somebody you need to know before I go further, it's rejoicing time. It's time to dry your eyes. Lift your head up. God's been too good to all of us. God's been too merciful. God has opened up doors. God has made ways. It's time that we rejoice through our situations. Then Paul says, I got another secret. He says, not only do I want you to learn how to rejoice through your situations, but then in verse number 11, he says, secret number two is simply this, rest in your situation. He said, just, just, just rest. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes God just wants us to be still. Sometimes God wants us to just keep our mouths closed. Sometimes God just wants us to wait on him. Paul says, rest in your situation. Because in verse 11, he says, not that I speak in respect of want. In other words, I'm not talking to you because I'm begging of you. He said, for I learn in whatsoever state I find myself in. He says, I've learned how to be content. Y'all need to understand something about contentment. Contentment does not mean that I desire nothing, but rather it is the simple decision to be happy with what I already have. Oh God, I'm going to say it again here. Somebody, you need to hear me. Contentment does not mean that I desire nothing. Rather, it is the simple decision to be happy with what I have. Y'all stop complaining about what you want and start thanking God for what you have. 
You might not have a sleep number bed, but God bless you with a mattress and a box spring and a sheet and a cover. You didn't have to sleep outside last night. God, somebody say, God, I thank you. You might not be driving a 2021 car, but God, I thank you for that 1981. It might smoke when it goes down the street, but God, I thank you that it gets me from point A to point B. I'm wondering, do I have anybody that's thankful? Hallelujah. Because of what you have, contentment does not mean that, uh, that, that you don't want nothing. It just simply means you're just happy because what God has already provided for you. And I mean, y'all know God's a great provider. I'm gonna feel like preaching in a minute. I say, God is a great provider. God has provided for us. The word content, it means to be self-sufficient. It means to be completely detached from circumstances. Yeah, I got to go through them but I don't have to attach myself to it. Because how many of y'all know when you attach yourself to your circumstances, it'll give you a bad attitude. It'll give you a mean spirit. Come on here, somebody. It'll make you not want to praise God. It'll make you forget what God has really done for you. Don't attach yourself. Hey, make up in your mind that I'm only going through this. And this is not going to last. It's not going to last always. So I cannot attach myself to my circumstances. I've got to detach my spirit. I got to detach my will. I have to detach my heart from my situations and my circumstances. Never, never let the things you want make you forget the things that you already have. I don't know who I'm talking to. Don't, 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 don't. Don't let the things that you have a desire for make you forget the things that you already have. Instead of complaining about what you lack, start praising God for what's left. <laughs> ah, glory. Stop complaining about your lack. Start praising God. God, I thank you what I have left. Thank you for the leftovers. I mean, y'all know leftovers taste better anyway. Once you let them sit in the refrigerator, let the seasoning, let the seasoning get all in the, that fish and that chicken. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. God, I may not have steak and lobster today, but I thank you, God, that I got beans and cornbread. I praise you, God, for what I have left. Somebody ought to take a moment and praise God for what you have left. You might not have that much money left when you get through paying all your bills. But God, I thank you for this $20. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me because how many of y'all know little becomes much when you have the blessings of God on it? God, I thank you for what I have left. Somebody ought to put that in the chat. Thank you for what I have left because how many of y'all know? I got to move on here. But how many of y'all know God can do more with what you have left? Then you can with the whole thing. When he fed had the multitude of 5,000 that didn't include the women and the children, my God, with two little fishes and five loaves of bread, when they all got to eating and was full, 
What did Jesus say? Gather up the baskets, gather the fragments that none be lost. And the Bible said they had 12 baskets that was left over. Now, I don't know what those baskets was for. Somebody said it was 12 disciples and God wanted them all to take home a basket. I don't know if that's true or not, but how many of y'all know God will fill your basket up? My God, with what you have. Somebody need to know what you have today. The Holy Ghost say what you have is enough. You ought to start thanking God for what, for what you have left. Instead of envying the misblessing, be grateful for your many blessings. My God, you can be content. I said we can be content here today. Why? Because he is a faithful God. I can be content because he's a forgiving God that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. And he takes my sins, cast them into a sea of forgetfulness to remember them no more. I'm grateful today. I don't know about y'all, but I'm grateful today. I'm grateful and I'm content because he's a forever God. He'll never wig out on you. Come on here, somebody. He'll never walk out on you, but he'll walk with you. He'll talk with you. He'll wrap you in the cradle of his love. He'll assure you, you are my own, and I know you. I know you by your name. I don't know you by your social security number. I don't know you by your cell phone number. I know you by your name. And so Paul says, rest. Rest in your situation. How do I rest in it? I rest in it by being content with what God has already provided for me. Well, let me hurry up here because he says, I got another secret. Not only he said, do I want you to rest in your situation? But then he says, secret number three, he says, you got to remember where your strength come from. <laughs> Don't ever forget where your strength come from. Remember the source of your strength. He says in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Paul says, Paul says, Paul says this is the final secret and it's the summation of his entire life. It, 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 it's a positive statement. Don't let this pandemic make you negative. Come on here, somebody. I want you to be positive, my brother. Be positive, my sister. Paul said, I can. Glory. Don't tell me what I can't do when Jesus is my portion. And don't tell me where I cannot go. When a constant friend is he, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. Paul says, I can. The tone is not one of pessimism. And neither is it one presumption that resolves solely on himself. But if you begin the task thinking that you cannot, I got a word for you, you never will. Get that spirit of I cannot out of you. You are a child of God. You've been born again. You've been adopted into the royal family. You've been sealed by the power of God. 
you can do whatever you have a desire to do because God will strengthen you. God will anoint you. God will overshadow you. Stop talking about what you cannot do because the truth of the matter is you may not, but my God, at least start off in a positive way. No such thing as failure. No such thing as failure. Failure is not fatal. My God, get up and try again. Quit talking about what you can't do. With God, I can do anything. I can do anything with God. The beginning of victory over your circumstances begins with being positive. Come on, you got to be positive. See yourself victorious. See yourself winning. See yourself being fulfilled. See yourself prospering and in good health. Even as your soul does prosper, the beginning of victory, it begins with being positive. Stop the negative talk. Speak life, not death. Speak healing, not sickness. Speak prosperity, not brokenness. Speak going over, not going under. Somebody need to be more positive today and declare that I'm going to learn this secret. I got this secret that I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. See yourself at the next level of life. Some of y'all sitting around talking about this is it. My life is just about over. The devil is a liar. Somebody ought to shout the devil is a liar. Uh, life ain't over. My God, life is just beginning. Caleb, over 80 years old, Caleb said, give me this mountain. Some of y'all, want, they wanted Caleb to go sit down somewhere. They wanted him to retire. They figured he was old and washed up. But Caleb said, not so. If God be for me, if the Lord delight in us, we are more than able to conquer the land. I got a Caleb spirit today. Devil is a liar. Hallelujah. I'm going to the next level of life. I said, I'm going to the next level of life. My God, bring the I can, bring the I can into your circumstance. <laughs> I can get through this. I can come out of this. I can come out clothed and in my right mind. My God, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Remember the story I told of the little boy who declared that he was going to be the greatest batter of all time. He made up in his mind, I'm going to be the greatest batter. I don't care what nobody say. He started off young, went into the backyard. He got a bat and he got a ball. He threw the ball up in there. He swung the bat and he said, strike one. He picked the ball up, threw it in the air again, swung the bat and said, strike two. And he picked the ball up again. Threw it up in the air. Swung the bat. He said, strike three. And that boy, he declared, I'm the greatest pitcher on the face of this earth. You have to learn how to turn your situation around. You got to see the positive side of what you're going through. The storm is passing over. You got to have a hallelujah down on the inside. He said, I'm the greatest pitcher that ever walked 
the face of this earth. My God, Paul says, you got to have a positive attitude because we have a powerful source. I said, we have a powerful source. He says, through Christ Jesus, maybe you might be weak. You might not have enough strength to put one foot in front of the other. But God is my refuge. <laughs> he is my strength. We have a powerful source today. And I come here to let somebody know he's here to strengthen you. He's here to empower you. He's here to enable you. He's here to inspire you. He's here to energize you. Because why? You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Uh, Paul says, this is the, my God, Paul says, this is God's uh, uh, pro provision that he supplies for his children. It's God-given. It's divine strength. I said it's divine strength. How many of y'all know he gives strength when you are weak? He gives you strength to believe in the light. Even while you're in the dark, he gives you strength. My God, to trust when you are tired of trying. He gives you strength to get up when you have been knocked down. He gives you strength to smile when you really feel like crying. Who am I talking to here today? Yes, you're not strong because of who you are. You are strong because of whose you are. And I'm glad that I belong to God. I know the load is heavy. I said, I know I'm finished now. I know your load is heavy. I know these have been some trying times. We've been in this pandemic for a solid year now. We've been on Zoom for a solid year now. I know your hearts could become heavy. And I know the load is not light. But I got a word for you. God is our refuge. And he is our strength. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. That's why David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength, my redeemer, watch what you say. My God, watch what come out of your mouth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, God, let it be acceptable. You are my strength. David said, the Lord is. In our morning scripture, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then he said, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him. I am helped. He said, therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song will I praise him. I got to praise. I got to praise. I got to praise. And I got to get it out. Why? Because the Lord, he is my strength. The Lord is my strength. He's, he, he's my saving strength. God said he'll save the anointed. He'll strengthen those that walk upright before him. And then Isaiah said, don't close this message without me. Isaiah said, behold, God is my salvation. He said, I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and he is my song. How many of y'all know God will give you a song in the midst of what you're going through? And then he'll give you the strength 
to sing your song. He says, therefore, with joy, shall we draw waters from the well of salvation. God's going to give us some joy when we learn to be content with what he's already blessed us with. Well, let me let me close here right now. Let me let my daddy close. My daddy would say, has thou not known, has thou not heard uh, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of all the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. They say there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. Somebody, you need to know he giveth he give give you some power. Ah, he giveth give you some power. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. And then my daddy would run way back. And then he would say, even the youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Paul says, I got a secret, but I need to let you know what my secret is. Paul said, my secret is simply, it's just, it's, it's real simple. Paul said, my secret is, you got to learn how to rejoice over your situations. You have to rest in your situations. And then he said, the final secret is, you have to remember your source of strength. Don't ever forget where your strength comes from. It's in him that I live. It's in him that I move. And it's in him I have my very being. Can you keep a secret? Can you keep a secret? I don't know. Not when it comes to how good God's been to me. Ah, not, 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 I, I can't keep that secret. I can't keep the secret that when I was on my way to eternal hell and damnation, uh, he snatched me. When I was a brand for the fire, I can't keep that secret. Uh, Elder Mitchell, I can't keep the secret that I once was an outcast without hope on this earth. I was born of the covenant. I was an alien by birth. I got a secret I got to tell y'all, but I've been adopted into the royal family. I've been sealed by the power of God. I have a secret that I can't hold that I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I got a secret, y'all. I can't hold it. I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm so glad about it. I got a secret, and it is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others. He'll do the same for you. With arms stretched wide open, he'll pardon you, because it is no secret what God can do. Every eye closed, every head bowed, I better stop before I tear up something here in my office. But I, 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 I can't keep that secret. As long as I'm alive, I got to declare how faithful God is. I got to declare how forgiving God is. I got to declare that I serve a forever God. I serve a God that doesn't change. I serve a God that will not, who cannot, who cannot lie. I got a secret. I got a secret <laughs> that God's been so faithful. How many of y'all know God's been faithful? Anybody know God's been faithful?